There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to another episode. Today we are talking about plastic surgery. We've got quite a few questions from you in our Facebook group about plastic surgery. I know it's been a long-awaited episode. There's been someone specifically in my DMs who every week is like, where's the plastic surgery episode that you promised? <laughs> so, bitch, here it is. <laughs> I've been leaving you on red, but here it is. Um, and I'm really excited. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, the difference between cosmetic and plastic surgery. How does... Um, body modification of any kind intersect with the self-love movement and the body positivity movement what does it mean to love yourself what does it look like to love yourself and how does that intersect with capitalism and for those of you who are new here that is Bobo speaking and I am Flex I'm oh, only yes. saying that because recently I've been listening to a lot of podcasts with multiple hosts mm. and people like how do I know what your voice is meant to sound like? And because people don't reference each other by names and they don't say their names, I'm just like, fine, I'll just name you. You sound like a Melissa. You sound like a Georgia. Let's do it. Oh my God, So I am Flex. I am the Australian um, you're hearing and Bobo is the very eloquent South African you're hearing. Oh, I feel so chuffed. She called, I'm blushing. (laughs) Um, And I'm your resident optimistic nihilist. Every episode, I'll be reminding you that the world is ending and you're going to die. So enjoy your last days. And Flex is, Flex, what are you here to do? Maybe I'm just here to play devil's advocate full time and not in an irritating way. Yeah, not in like a white male. Okay. So you're not a white man. Not in a white male contrarian way, in a more so like a let's not get trapped into one dimensional thinking Mm. because that's what can happen from listening to us. I do notice that sometimes in our Facebook group, when we've kind of enlightened someone on a new way of tackling a topic, they use that way of thinking as a a lens for everything. Yeah. And sometimes it's not that deep. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's not every day. Let's separate this, you know, conversation by race or let's separate it by gender sometimes it just is what it is yeah yeah and we're gonna have um a series on critical thinking after this episode Mm. so stay tuned for that we talk a lot about critical thinking on this podcast so we thought we'd delve into what it means to think critically and especially because we get that question a lot of how are you guys so eloquent and how do you like why do you think the way you do so I think it would be really interesting to do a series on how and why to think. So stay tuned for that. Um, but let's dive into our plastic surgery one. We got um, an interesting question. Where is that question? Basically, here's the question. Do you think cosmetic mm-hmm. or plastic surgery is compatible with the self-love movement? Who does it benefit or not benefit? Is it any different from other enhancements frequently used? Example, makeup. 
And why are we so hung up on permanent to semi-permanent beauty enhancement versus temporary ones? Are we contradicting ourselves by not accepting the other? What are your thoughts? Let's start with the first one there and the rest we can delve into as the episode goes by. Do you think cosmetic or plastic surgery is compatible with self-love? What do you think? I mean... (laughs) Have we all forgotten that you as a person is not your skin suit? Like, I feel Thank like you. when we talk about self-love, if you're still talking about self-love in contrast to what your fleshy skin sack looks like, then yes. you've got it twisted. Yes. And that's why I feel like you can't conflate or assume that because someone wants to, you know, nip, tuck, enhance their outer vessel, that they don't love their inner vessel. Exactly. Bloop. I would, I love that. There is some dissonance in your practice. There we go. (laughs) This is where the contradictions jump out. I'd even go further to say that I think a lot of times, or for me at least, just like body modification was actually a function of self-love. I found that when Mm. I became more confident in myself, that's when I started wearing more makeup. That's when I started dressing the way I want to. And that's when I started looking the way that I want to. So I don't think it's as black and white as if you love yourself, then you look the way you look when you hopped out the womb. And if you don't love yourself, then you wear makeup. (laughs) Like that's completely flawed. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like such a popular take. It kills me. Like we all see those those Mm. tweets that are just like, take your girl out swimming on the first day. Like get the fuck out. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. So that's how I feel. Flex, do you think you'll ever and get... And definitely intersect. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever get plastic or... Co- Should we differentiate between the two before we... Do we have to? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Okay. So plastic surgery is defined as surgical specialty dedicated to reconstructing your face and your body defects due to birth disorder, birth disorders, trauma, burns, and disease Whereas cosmetic surgery is aesthetic. It's just like, because I want to mm. look cute. That's that's the base summary yeah. of it. So we're going to be talking about cosmetic. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're not talking like you had a deviated septum, so you got a nose job. Yeah, like yeah no, 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 that's not today's conversation. <laughs> um, so your question was, would I get a cosmetic surgery? Yes. Thoughts? Absolutely. The only thing stopping me right now from not getting cosmetic surgery is the fact that I need more money. Oh, same. And like, I'm of the belief that if you want to buy something, if you can't afford it at least three or four times and you can't afford it, period. Yeah. So for me, it's kind of like, do you want, you know, the figures in the savings or do you want lipo? Yeah. I definitely want lipo, but it's just not a priority. No, that's how I feel as well. Um, I know I'm gonna get fillers like I have smile lines because all I do is laugh and smile and I hate them (laughs) (laughs) and I'm definitely getting fillers and I'll probably I don't know what else but I just think I don't see what the big deal is with cosmetic surgery or even like wearing tons of makeup I think where it can get tricky is where it becomes an addiction but I don't think addictions are ever a function of the thing that you're addicted to. I think addictions are a function, are a byproduct of the fact that there's a void that you're trying to fill. So I don't think that is necessarily the problem of plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery. 
I think that we live in a world that's just really absurd and bizarre and can be soul crushing. And I think especially when you're a woman, there's all of these societal and external expectations that you're expected to uphold to or to adhere to. So it just, I think it's easy to become addicted to cosmetic surgery because it feels like the thing that will, it's, it's a symbol of happiness. But I don't think in and of itself, it's actually a problem. It's so interesting to me because I feel like when we talk about improving yourself, mm. why is it that it's only uh, like aesthetic changes yes. that are completed with insecurity? But I wanna, if I want to improve my brain, it's chill. If I want to improve my physical health, Ooh. physical condition, it's chill. But as soon as it's aesthetic, there's like this negative connotation because what aspiring to improve in that way is i don't know is it vain is it vapid is it not worth my time that's such a good point of of this measurement i am funny on people who are really anti because it's i don't like how it's coming from this like extra virtuous place of like no but it's love yourself a a school of yeah a school of thought it's like love yourself you don't love yourself like don't do that and then there's a second school who's like you are putting your body through unnecessary trauma for aesthetic and you could die that's completely valid. Wait, no, but is we it? We all know that. And I think I've... I don't I've, know that I've that's always valid. In, well, okay. So we have to understand that a lot of popular... Um, a lot of popular cosmetic enhancers aren't necessarily... What? Hold on. Let me find the right wording. Let me find the right wording. I know Brazilian butt lifts are actually very dangerous. I think there's... I watched a documentary where it said there's a 33% chance of dying from getting ass implants and yet it's one of the most popular um cosmetic surgeries so i think that's where the conversation gets interesting but i also think we do so many unhealthy things to our bodies every day like we drink alcohol which is fucking disgusting um so why not just get like a filler even though there's risks involved like what isn't risky when it comes to aesthetics wait i couldn't find the oh oh Ooh. Did you find oh. it? No. I almost <laughs> dropped my laptop. <laughs> um, no. So what I mean, I'm not talking filler, but if we're talking invasive cosmetic like surgery, like things. getting lipo. Yeah. You, watching essentially your body go through all that trauma. Somebody is repeatedly like, like attacking you with tools, hot tools, cold tools, pulling, stretching your skin, whatever. Mm. And generally when you're in... A position of like having pain inflicted upon you your adrenaline pops off like shit happens your body is aware of what's happening to it and it can help you process it out when you're under the knife under this anesthetic out cold and your body is being, being inflicted with pain what do you think happens to that pain your body holds into it in some place and in some way yeah like oh i see what you i don't mean. want to be that woo-woo spiritual girl but if no, you're that's just going real. to like if you yeah, if you're just going to like essentially like allow trauma to sit in your body because you're not expelling it because to you it was cosmetic, but to your body it was like pain and aggression. Like, how's that going to manifest? In what other ways? I think what's interesting is um, that people are willing to die for beauty. I think that mm-hmm. that to me is very fascinating because what is it? Butt shots or ass shots? Well, people will go yeah. behind an alley <laughs> to go and get ass shots and potentially die quite a few people have actually died from that or have been like permanently disabled 
and pe- people know that these are the risks of doing it and yet they go on so what i'm really interested in is why is beauty life or death when it's for women i don't think as many men are dying just to look cute as women are and this goes back also yeah, to you know our conversation about beauty pageants you know beauty pageants are basically an award show and the award the award here is we're awarding you for being beautiful plus some additional add-ons let's pretend and we don't have that same energy for men so well, I it's think, really like, interesting systemically men can go through life and looking their like beauty goats. is not yeah <laughs> and beauty isn't a metric for how worthy or valuable they are but it is for women a woman cannot escape the way beauty in will inhibit or be detrimental to how she progresses in future very few women are able to surmount like it's able to overcome a lack of beauty mm. and those who do like even the most like incredibly talented people let's talk serena williams yeah sis the amount of skills and talent that she has almost superhuman no it is yet people people will not allow her to thrive because she's not conventionally attractive in a eurocentric way yeah you know what i mean yeah had she have been anybody but who she is or had she looked any way but what she looks like now her skills would be regarded as such but it's not so i think for, for women it can be life or death because um the life that you live, if you don't subscribe to standards of beauty by any standard, mm. well, like you would much rather be dead. Literally, no, literally. Like, <laughs> so, I agree. It I is think- life or death, and I and I don't think like women who go under the the knife. Like I feel like a vast majority aren't really that aware of the consequences of a botched job. Like it's not just aesthetically botched, but sis, you could die. Yes. But literally. for many, dying would be better than living. Look, you you say all the time in your Instagram story, you the amount of polls you will make literally. quizzing people on whether they prefer to live or die. And people stay wanting to die. Every day. So if it's if it's doing something they love <laughs> then, then let it be so. No, absolutely. I mean, I remember when I was a teenager, I used to suffer from severe acne. Like I had the absolute worst acne. So then I wanted to go on Accutane. And my doctor told me that one of the side effects of Accutane is potentially dying. So I was like, okay, bitch, let's go. Like, let's get it. (laughs) And my mom was like, are you mad? My mom is like, are you actually mad? Like, you're not going to be dying over some acne. It'll go away over time. Live with it and you'll be right. And I was honestly so upset. I literally was suicide. I was honestly depressed at the thought you of having... You like, my mom's fucking crazy. Literally. What does she mean? <laughs> Why won't she let me die for good skin? <laughs> but I genuinely, you know, like my 14-year-old self was willing to die just to have clear skin because I would go to school and people would be like, oh my God, we can play connect the dots with your face. (laughs) And it's like that shit Mm. every single day. Honestly, especially when you see around also, because I went to an all girls school at this point. So the cattiness was on 100. And when you see how the girls around you are getting treated better by their teachers. You have more friends. You get more male attention. The boys like you. And you're just like, what the fuck do I have? Like, all I have is this 
fucking face that I've been cursed with. And I'm like, I'd honestly rather die. So I really didn't understand mm. like why my mom wouldn't just let me risk death just so I can look cute. So I completely understand why people bleach their skin, why people get ass shots, why people do Brazilian butt lifts knowing that there's a 33% chance that you'll die. Because beauty, like you said, this shit is life or death. Period. I think it's also really interesting when it comes, I want to talk about skin bleaching. Um, and I know this mm. is an issue that's prevalent in black and Asian communities. And I remember there was a time when Azealia Banks bleached her skin and people were coming for her jugular. Like people really came for her throat. And I posted on my story, I was like, guys, if we're going to bully dark skinned women for being black, for being dark skinned, and we're going to make their lives a living hell. How can we then shame them for trying to make their own lives easier by appeasing to a Eurocentric standard of beauty? Like all plastic cosmetic surgery is, is an attempt to make your life easier. All these things are just beauty is nothing more than just the promise of happiness. So you cannot blame someone when they're willing to bleed, like literally put acid on your face just to finally feel happy. Like who wouldn't, like how can, you know what I mean? So I think the conversation around skin bleaching um, and like colonial standards of beauty needs more nuance in that way. I think we have, like shame is always a useless emotion. So I think we have to be hard on the issue and soft on the people the issue here being Eurocentric standards of beauty that are painfully oppressive and just people being victims of that unfortunate circumstance. And also on a realistic level, look at how not just society, but you on an individual level, mm. how you reward people who are beautiful. Yes. How you regard it. them. Mm. The positive or attributes and characteristics that you apply to beautiful people because the assumption is that beautiful is good and ugly is bad. Yes. And as virtuous as you may feel, as progressive as you may seem, we all fall into those traps in very obvious ways. You know, yeah. it's the same way. It, it happens in every day and you, you can find me up and down about it, but I just know for a fact when information is coming from someone who you deem to be attractive, intelligent, and intelligence and attraction are often like conflated, I find. Yeah, no, they are um, always, yeah. You know, like you regard that information as being more valuable when the person delivering it to you is of some sort of attraction. Yeah. So I see why people go to such great lengths and perhaps lengths aren't that great anymore to appear more beautiful to a wider audience because the benefits are instant point me to the ugly influences i want to see thank them. you <laughs> where they at fam but even where beyond like beauty industries politics mm-hmm. if we look at how especially hey, in Justin. america <laughs> in mm-hmm. america if you're not tall you're actually never going to be president like that's just the end of it for you <laughs> americans would sooner <laughs> elect a woman than to elect a short man so we we really need to be like dead ass but even like a woman would sooner just be single for the rest of her life than to date a short guy and that's just what it is Mm. hey like we're we're just inherently vain and this is just these are just biological drives like beauty is it's not only a promise of happiness but it's also an indicator of health like 
it's nothing more than something that compels animals to breed. And so it's important for us. Like we also have to look at what is the purpose of beauty in the context of evolution, in the context of perpetuating the human species and in the context of happiness we associate a symmetrical mm-hmm. face with health we associate beauty mm-hmm. with intelligence so literally someone like barack obama who is our light-skinned mixed-race king but he's tall he's charismatic and all of these factors played into how he became president i don't know i think that we're not critical enough when we look at pretty privilege because I think it's just as pervasive, if not more, than white privilege. Blue skirt! And that's it. It absolutely tea. is. And if you say it's not, then let's you're fight. Wrong. Yeah. And <laughs> I honestly look at it on minor scales. Like, if ever, think about you as an individual. If there's ever an opportunity where you want to present your best or to be perceived as being smarter, uh, more equipped for a certain job, like you're meant to fit in in a certain place, you will enhance the way you look. Absolutely. Nobody says, oh, I'm meeting my partner's parents. I'm going to read a book. Yeah, no. (laughs) You go wash your hair. You put on an outfit. You might put on a face. Even I'm going for a new job. What am I going to wear? I'm meeting new people. What am I going to wear? Yeah, Yeah, that's always (laughs) the thing. I'm feeling really stressed out today. How do I look? Even with certain things, like uh, on a slightly related but unrelated note, I always say that I find it I find it really difficult when I'm unwell, like when I have a flu or a cold because you can't see it on my face. So people mm. don't give me sympathy because they can't tell, right? Yeah. And it's the same way in the fact that intelligence, empathy, sympathy, uh, the ability to understand another person – all of that, you can't see that shit. And so you rely on what you can see because we're fickle humans and we just go by looks. Right. This person looks empathetic. Why? Because they've got a friendly resting face. This person looks trustworthy because they smile and they've got straight white teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's <absolutely>. looking <laughs> at somebody with crooked teeth and a few missing and saying, I trust this person. No one. No Don't one. Don't tell me. <laughs> And that's the problem. So although this conversation has gone from beauty, uh, from uh, from plastic surgery to beauty as, you know, the greater concept, it's important to understand that nobody got to plastic surgery just by being like, ah, oh, I want to be a little bit cuter. There are systems in place that push us further exactly. to these enhancements. Exactly. I was watching um, this conversation on this YouTube channel called like BK Chat or something, Back Chat. Um, it's like a really, um, how do I explain it? It's pretty rapture. It's like (laughs) these eight, uh, black English people, four men and four women generally, or maybe five men, five women talking about various topics. Oh my God. Yeah. It's Um, very ghetto. (laughs) It's just so ratchet and just like no not one person is thinking about yeah how to, they're all yelling like, articulate their thoughts they're yelling they're screaming they're insulting each other they're going for cheap shots nobody's listening it's pretty horrific but there was an episode recently on bbls and they had invited uh three girls or four girls on the show who had had wait BBLs what a bbl sort of cost bbl you know the the back the 
Brazilian butt lift. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm with you now. Did you just have a glitch? I really might. Sorry, my simulation. She said, how? Wait. Somebody, like, charge her back up to some upgrade. My skin suit's um, expiring, but... Um. <laughs> They invited a few people who had had BBLs or who were considering um, getting a cosmetic enhancement. And these, like, ratchet, very not nuanced boys were essentially saying or conflating insecurity with the need to go and have surgery, saying that if you were not insecure, you wouldn't have surgery. And great, better yet, if you didn't have access to men, you also wouldn't want surgery. I think what he was trying to say, if the patriarchy didn't exist, then we wouldn't feel the need to enhance our bodies in this way. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't get to that point. Yeah, so, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me give him the benefit of the doubt. But it was really interesting in this conversation itself where the people who had had surgery were finding it really hard to identify why they actually did it and were very offended that somebody would insinuate that it was insecurity that brought them to this point. Um, mm. And it's really interesting to me how we have kind of, uh, the, like the connotations with being insecure are like so terrible. But we know it's a fact that everybody's insecure. Everybody has insecurities and we don't seek to improve unless we're inherently insecure. Yeah. We don't want to be dumb, so we learn. Yeah. We don't want to be yeah. perceived as ignorant, yeah. so we read. We don't. We don't want to be perceived as rude, so we smile. We're insecure about all of these things, right? So we're encouraging ourselves to change the way we're perceived, so these insecurities aren't triggered. So in so when we talk about cosmetic enhancements, I'm not insecure about knowing that I want to change things about myself, but I'm also acutely aware of what needs to be done to change those things, and I don't want to do them yet. And I feel like people. Um, need to be a little bit more critical when they think about what it takes for us to get to this point of wanting to change. If there was no reward for being different or better or improving, then, then no one would bother. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. And if there, if there wasn't a consequence for being mediocre, average, not the standard of beauty, unintelligent, not cultured, then we also wouldn't seek to improve. <laughs> this no, doesn't happen in a vacuum insecurities don't happen in a vacuum thank like, you like <laughs> prejudice doesn't happen in a vacuum so we're all aware of the consequence or the negative uh, like the negative uh, effect of not kind of falling in line and so we do our bit to ensure that you know we're not affected so negatively so this is my also I've yet to find a really good argument as to why people shouldn't seek to improve themselves me neither me you know what I mean? Like, say what you want. Like, this guy, one of the guys in the, the BK chat, back chat, uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. He was, he's a, a PT. And he was essentially saying, like, I think surgery is realistic if you've exhausted every natural remedy you can before you go under the knife. And he's mm. like, you know, uh, one girl was like, you know, I got, I got uh, my breasts enhanced because I had a child. They were saggy. They were limp. And he was like, you can do chest exercises for that. Yeah, bitch. It's just not the case. No, no, and to no, assume, no, no. why is it that we assume that in order for anybody to be worthy of a reward or betterment, they, they must to work suffer as hard as possible. They, you why? must suffer. Why? Suffer? Literally. We are so blessed to have shortcuts. Take them. Literally. <laughs> like it's like somebody saying that if you are if like not that this is a um a direct comparison yeah but like think about if somebody is uh struggling with poor mental health 
and they could either find a natural remedy. You might take walks, meditate, exercise, even though we know that a lot of uh, mental issues are chemical imbalances. Yeah. Or get you can get an SSRI. You can yeah. take an antidepressant. <laughs> Imagine someone telling you, just do it the natural way. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, I will Why be- must I wait? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it everyday suffering? Why must... Mm. I honestly don't understand. Like, I wish I, I And how have I we conflated suffering with effort? Like, just because something is painful to do or takes longer doesn't mean it required more effort. Mm. I might just be lazy and it's taking me less time to enact. Yeah. But, yeah. Somebody asked us in the Facebook group to talk about why... Um, why people with plastic surgery get hate when they preach plastic surgery um and why is plastic surgery seen as a bad thing yeah because why is it you know like i think it's because of this is going to be an unpopular opinion so i think yeah let me just let it out with my chest so i just feel like you know, we have movements like the body positivity movement that place a lot of emphasis on loving your body instead of just respecting it. And the way I see it, and we've said this before, like you, you have really been an advocate for body neutrality, which I absolutely love. And I've always just been an advocate of your body is literally just a flesh prison. Like this is just a skin suit and its purpose is not aesthetic. Its purpose is functional. The purpose of your, your flesh prison is to keep you alive and take. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From point A to B. So if you're doing that, if it's doing that thing, like, bitch, you're fine. And whether or not you get a million or billion tattoos or whether you get all the plastic surgery in the world, or whether you decide to be natural and do absolutely nothing, it's ultimately inconsequential because at the end of your life, we're all going to die. Like whether you did all, whether you spent a billion on plastic surgery or you didn't, everyone's flesh shoot is, is decaying. The ultimate destination is deterioration. So it really doesn't matter. Like this flesh suit is literally just a canvas. And I think that the emphasis on loving your body and making sure you don't hate it, I just think it's unnecessary. Why must I love my body when its purpose isn't to be loved? Its purpose is functional. The purpose of my body is to keep me alive. I don't need to love it. I just need to respect it and make sure that it's doing what it needs to be doing what it needs to be doing so i think why we hate on people with plastic surgery is because there's this flawed idea that you have to love your body and then there's another flawed idea that loving your body looks one way and i'm not here for any of those things a i don't think that anyone needs to love their body like fuck that i also think that's unrealistic some days i wake up and i feel like rihanna and other days i wake up and i feel like shrek 
But it's ultimately inconsequential. Like how I feel about my skin suit on any given day honestly doesn't matter because it works. It's doing what it needs to do because bitch, I'm alive. So and then on another hand, when I'm really feeling myself, that's when I'm going to do my beat face. That's when I'm going to be pulling out all my colors and all my best outfits because that's how self-love looks for me. And for someone else, self-love will look like I'm just going to be naked and my body is a temple. I also hate that idea of like your body is a temple. Like, yeah, maybe your body's a temple for you. But for me, bitch, my body's a canvas. So mind your fucking business and I'll mind mine and we'll just keep it pushing. And that's how I feel about that. Thoughts? I like it and I'm with it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, first of all, I think the conversation around loving your body is also unproductive because bodies for the most part don't work as they should you stay Mm. getting sick you stay getting cancer you stay losing limbs your heart like stays failing there are so many reasons not to love your body and i think that stressing that fact is counterproductive to all the other things you should be stressing yourself to do. Literally. Like reading a book. Like being alive. (laughs) Like experiencing Like being alive. alive. Literally. (laughs) Go do acid and mushrooms instead of stressing about your body. Don't waste your time. And like insecurity is pervasive. Like I promise you, even if your body, even if you had the body that you deem to be perfect, you would still hate it in some way. Yeah. So with that in mind, enhance it or don't. But I'm very um, funny on those loudmouth people who want to be enemies of people improving the way they perceive themselves. Yeah. Like what's the what harm? Is, what? That's another. Why thing. Why do like, people <laughs> dislike people who like themselves or want to like themselves Ooh. more? That's the tea. That's the tea. Mm -mm. I also in part think that it's honestly an impossible and unrealistic expectation to love your body 100% or to love... Like, I think about who I was as a teenager versus who I am now. And I think there's been a lot of improvement as far as my relationship with my body. I'm pretty sure when I was a teenager, I had body dysmorphia because I genuinely thought that I was obese like I had so many issues with my skin suit one I just had this severe acne two I thought I was like on the verge of obesity which is really disgusting considering I think I was smaller than I am now I was always on a diet like I used to do the most ridiculous things I'd be on like these disgusting water fasts that I see people advocating for on Instagram I I remember at some point doing a popcorn diet because I read in a magazine that if you just eat popcorn for five days, you'll lose 10 kilos. Just some dumb shit like that. And I think about like how far I've come now to where like now I'm just like diets are fucking stupid. And now I don't I I haven't weighed myself on a scale in like the past 10 years. I actually don't care about my weight because it's inconsequential. Haven't been on a diet in years. And yet, I still don't fully love my body. Like, there's, like I've come so far, and yet there are days when I wake up and I'm like, why does my skin look like this? There are days when I wake up and I'm like, why are my eyelids so big? Like, why do I have to have hooded eyelids, you know? So I just think even when you get to the point where you're like, yay, my thighs, are, I now have a thigh gap. You're still going to find something, bitch. There's always going to be something 
that you don't like because there's no escaping the grips of patriarchy. There's no escaping the grips of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism that feeds off of your self-loathing. And as you, you can be the most progressive, decolonial human being in the world, that I just think if you didn't grow up in a jungle, it's just not possible to get to a point where you're completely content with how your body looks. So it's just not even a worthwhile pursuit. Do what you got to do to feel better about your body so that you can have more time to care about things that are actually consequential. Period. And also I was thinking that um, in terms of the way people think that cosmetic surgery and the path to improving the way you perceive yourself is linear. Mm. And so I'm going to get this boob job and then like my boobs. Um, Body dysmorphia is real. Yeah. And what I know a lot of surgeons should do, but not a lot do do, is that you should be getting some form of counselling. Yes. Or some sort of pre-surgery discussion. Or psychological screening. To really understand... Yeah, to really understand your mental place and if you are in, like, a mentally healthy place to get such an invasive procedure. Because we've heard a ton of times, people who go under the knife, get the boob job, get the tummy tuck, you know, get the inner thighs shaved off, and then they look in the mirror and they still see the person they were. And suddenly they spent all this money, they're depleted financially, and they're insecure because they're broke and they don't see the way they look now. Yeah. They can't perceive themselves as being attractive. So there's that to really consider. So, I mean, aside from wanting to be financially secure to even have the procedure, mentally stable, physically stable, yes. do uh, your Googles. The tricky thing about not being psychologically stable is that oftentimes when you're psychologically stable, you just don't know that you're not psychologically stable. I feel like when I had body dysmorphia, I had no idea. Like, I genuinely thought, like, bitch, you need to lose weight right now or you're going to die. And so I think, similarly, maybe someone who's addicted to plastic surgery genuinely thinks they look like an ogre or they genuinely think that this is the key, like, this is what's going to make me happy. So it's true. If you don't know that you have a problem, you don't know that you need to go and get screening. So it's a really hard problem to navigate. Let's say like we have some listeners who want to get plastic or cosmetic surgery or they want to bleach their skin. Actually, no, if you want to bleach your skin, bitch, I will beat you because you'll get cancer and die. If we have some listeners who really want to do some sort of like body modification, and they don't know if they're in their in the right headspace to do it, but they can't afford a proper proper therapist. How do you know? Like what? I guess do you, you don't. Do? You don't know if yeah. you don't know. And yeah. Similarly, in the same way that I feel like I'm capable of getting surgery and recovering, like my pain yeah. tolerance is so low. I think getting my eyebrows waxed hurts, like probably more than getting a tattoo in some respects. But that's the conversation oh, wow. for later. So I've watched these recovery videos of, you know, lipo or a BBL and, you know, getting your, your like drains in you and massaging fluid out of you and your whole body's bruised and your internal organs are shaking and everything's in trauma. And I somehow feel I've got the capacity to just handle that because what, am I superhuman? It's insane. I don't know if I can do this, but you don't know until you know. And then yeah. sometimes you do know and you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. But you live in your Facts. 
somebody asked us a question or asked us to discuss how uh, non-black women who get let's get into surgery it. and tan to the point of looking black. Like I get that black aesthetics are having a moment, but I think it's particularly interesting that someone who would go to the extent to change their appearance like that. Um, why do you think that is insecurity? Maybe my pronoun my pronouns are they them. If you do end up discussing it, thank you, Nia. Mm. Thank you. What are your thoughts on black fishing and people getting tanning? I also want to talk about tanning. Um, but just modifying your body to the point of looking black. Is that cultural appropriation? <laughs> um, okay, so the way I view it, the rise in people modifying their bodies to resemble black, black adjacent bodies didn't necessarily happen until non-black women popularized it. Mm. So my Kim Kardashian people, has entered the yeah, chat. You know, she said, hey, sis. <laughs> yeah, she's entered the so chat. <laughs> the presumption is that people are getting their bodies to look like Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner, and they have modif- like modded their bodies based on black women. But that uh, sort of that like order of events or that like chronological storyline isn't clear to those people who don't know that fact. Mm. because it's the same way like people on my instagram will ask me where i got my lips done as though having black lips isn't having big lips sorry isn't historically a black feature i think so much of what has historically been perceived as black features are no longer perceived in that way um and so i'm not necessarily sure that it's insecurity or a compliment or flattering or anything i just don't think the conversation around body modding and getting you know uh, generically black looking features is about blackness at all it's inherently about blackness but on an individual level nobody's tracing it back yeah that far well i think people love black culture but they hate black people so that's you know, like, I think that's what's happened. But I actually would go as far as to say, I don't think it's black fishing more than it is mixed race fishing. Like, I, I don't think people are trying to look black more than they're trying to look mixed race. Like, there's an article on the New York Times about Instagram face. But even if we look at people like Kim K and, like, all of your fave Instagram influencers and the people who go to Dr. Miami and things like that. I think the Instagram face isn't black. I think it's very mixed race. I think when we talk about like what's beautiful today, it's black lips and cheekbones, white nose and white eyes. I would say like South Asian eyebrows and eye shape. A Middle Eastern slash Native American slash mixed race skin tone. So I think there's this like cultural amalgamation that's happening on the face when it comes to plastic and cosmetic surgery. And that is what the standard of beauty is. It's not monolithic. It's an amalgamation of all the cultures meshed together into this really interesting symmetry and ratio. Is that like progression? (laughs) I don't know. Is that the response to moving away from Eurocentric beauty standards to merge this, you know, like cross-cultural fucking 
like merging of features. Mm. Like, I don't this, know activism? whether it's progress. I think this Literally, is I just, Oh my God. <laughs> I went to dinner with this white South African guy. Um, I just met him at a restaurant and then we just ended up having dinner so he's white South African, but he lives in Australia and he just happened to be in New York or whatever. And he was telling me that he wants to have babies. So he has this like black girl fetish and it's because he thinks that ending racism will be the result of having mixed race babies. He's like, I want to have sex with someone who looks like you and have your baby because that is how we're going to end racism. And mm. I think that's how a lot of white people think. I think a lot of that's... black men, especially, or a lot of men justify their fetishes and their racism with this performative progress. This like, well, mixed <laughs> racism is how I'm, this is my contribution to humanity. I'm like, bitch, what about your gene pool do you think is going to con- contribute to humanity? <laughs> Are you mad? I think there's I, an interesting I was cultural to be sold thing. The dream. I was like, wow, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's just I don't know. I think right now mixed race people are at the top of the totem pole. And then yeah. white people are just beneath them. And then followed by Asians and then blacks at the bottom. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's not new for blackness to be erased out of most things that were originally black centered. So I can see how, yeah, of course, like in 10 years from not even, yeah, let's say in 10 years from now, people aren't going to attribute historically black features to black people. It's going to be, Oh, you've got a butt like Kim K like it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Like this racially ambiguous person. Oh my goodness, you've got braids like this white person. That's yes. what it'll be like. So if you are offended by, you know, the erasure of blackness, it's well, um hmm. It yeah, just is. Like, welcome to the way the world works. Yeah, because I don't know, I think we talk a lot about how like beauty standards are moving towards black. But then I think about how, like, if you have a Jay-Z nose with the big nostrils, like, that's still not the thing. You know what I mean? I think black bodies, like, having a big ass and, like, thick thighs and a small waist or whatever, I think that's on trend. But facially, I don't think it's black people. And also, in so many ways, this is another thing that I want to touch on, um, mm. is that in so many ways, um, as we live in this like heavily individu- individualistic society, we want to be mm. regarded as individuals. This is what I look mm. like. This is what I think like. I'm my own person. I'm not the benchmark for any individual group, minority group, culture, subculture. So, but in these circumstances, now we want to homogenize blackness and say, that's a black feature and she's got a black bum and that's black hair and that's black so-and-so. Because realistically, like using Bobo and I, for example, there are so many ways that we, our blackness does not intersect visually. So there are flaws in their taking black bodies argument. Just for a 
contrary point of view. So I want to be careful as well. Like how far do we push the that's ours and that's yours discussion? That is interesting. Inherently ostracizing those black people who don't identify um, with the stereotypical physical mold of blackness. The moment Mm. I found out the Claremont twins, do you follow them on Instagram? You probably don't. You follow pets. But the Claremont (laughs) twins. Just puppy. Yeah. The the girls on Instagram, one of them's in jail at the moment. Screaming. <laughs> I saw, what did she I do? Saw, um, credit card scamming. She stole Screaming. her um, sugar daddy's credit card um, after he died and bought some shit. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I love I'm it. I'm so inspired. <laughs> but basically, but yeah. I was on one of those before and after cosmetic surgery Instagram pages and saw their before and after let me tell you, when these two black women... Oh, my... Um, I'm Googling it right now. When I found out they had lip filler, I was like, fuck. Like, here I am thinking so one-dimensionally, just being like, black girls have big lips. They don't. Not all of them do. Wow. Black people have big noses. They really don't. Not all of them do. Black people have coarse Interesting. hair. Interesting. Not all of them do. So uh, I want to be... Um, careful or more mindful of how we homogenize blackness in the wrong way by presuming or by identifying black people to certain physical characteristics as we're trying to get away from homogenous black stereotypes you know interesting well i think okay on that note i think the ass is really interesting like what is society's obsession with fat asses and I think that dates back to the 19th century with Sarah Botman, who, if you don't know, Sarah Botman was this um, South African Khoi Khoi woman who was enslaved and taken to Europe, to Paris specifically. And she was basically, because she had such a fat ass, she was literally put on display as a freak show and monetized off of in that way. So I think... Um, the fascination with black women's bodies dates back to the dehumanization and the colonialism and the slave and the enslavement of black women back all the way back to the 1800s and i think it's still very pervasive today so i think that's why we still to this day they literally took this woman from south africa thought your ass is so fat you can't mm-hmm. you must not be human Um, But at the same time, we all want to fuck. And so they put her up in a museum to be on display for white people to gawk at. And I think the same thing still happens today. Like, I think what we're seeing today with the fascination of the ass and the fascination of black women's bodies and the hypersexualization of black women's bodies is because fundamentally, white people... And when I say white people, I'm talking about whiteness as a structure and a system. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say whiteness fundamentally whiteness does not see us as humans they still see us as sexual objects they still see us as subhuman as second-class citizens and as objects for their consumption like when i was talking to that white south african guy who had this slave play fetish and who is telling me that he wants to have a baby with me because he thinks that's how he's going to end racism. Like, no, those that instinct that you have to want to fuck me as a white South African, those are just your ancestral instincts jumping out, <laughs> being amazed at like, oh my God, I'm meeting 
a real life Sarah Bartman in the flesh and she's South African and she has a fat ass and oh my god like these are my primal Mm. colonial instincts jumping out and I recognize in that moment like this nigga still doesn't see me as a human like you live in big big Australia which I don't know how many black people are in Sydney because he's from Sydney but surely you've seen black people before and yet your ancestral inclinations are jumping out and I I think that shit hasn't died like I think that's still where we're at I know some white goat is about to DM me right now to tell me that I'm racist it's so interesting though because they always they say that um Sarah she was also like um how do they word it I was reading it not too long ago but it was like the start of like what they would now refer to as scientific racism where mm, because, yes because at that point in time in like what the 1800s or whatever that white women were the only basis of womanhood generally for a lot of these yes. European scientists everyone was measured or every woman was measured in contrast to the white woman and every man was measured in contrast to the white man so when they Mm. brought sarah over from south africa they were like she is so different from this civilized polished and prim white woman that we know so well she must be the complete obvious opposite she must be this savage beast over sexualized like yes Uh, like yes it's just so interesting but because this scientist had made this presumption and because he was using a case study of t- hundreds of thousands of white women against this one white impri- one black sorry imprisoned woman who was probably acting in a way that was very necessary for what was happening for her hello she's just been snatched from her homeland of course she's not going to be chill they now use mm. that as a basis for what blackness and black women were going to be like which i thought Absolutely. was really interesting and did you know at that time in this freak show you could literally like pay extra money to like poke and prod sarah with yes. like the fingers or like a fucking stick could you imagine can you imagine but it, so, it makes me think about like the relationship to how we as black women self-narrate ourselves today like what is the relationship between how they branded sarah bartman back in the 1800s versus how we brand ourselves in big 2019 and why are there so many similarities because i think at this point the only difference is agency and what do we make of that you know Mm. like does like how do we and i know the argument for that a lot of times is sexual liberation like yeah i'm getting my ass implants and my ass is out and you know, like I'm doing all these things because I'm sexually liberated. But is it really sexual liberation? Like, I don't know. I just think, like, what does sexuality look like when it's still expressed within a system of male exploitation? How do we justify or rationalize our sexual liberation underneath and within a system of male exploitation as black women, but also just as women as a whole? No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. So, <laughs> but until then, I have no let idea. Us help you spiral with all this information that literally the safe, cushiony, like <laughs> cage that is your existence. Right. T. <laughs> T. I mean, it's all here. A lot of people were like, people had asked about the normalization of plastic surgery, but when I think, 
I think simply with access comes normalization. Like at a point yeah, in time, I agree. surgery was inaccessible for the vast majority of people and now it's not. And I also yeah. think when it comes to when it ha- comes to hyper visibility as well, because let's say surgery has for all intents and purposes always been kind of accessible. Like you could go to your surgeon, get whatever you wanted, or get some fillers, get some Botox Botox, sorry. We weren't as mm. aware of what the procedure looked like, what it would take, how much it would cost. And now thanks to the internet, we have all that information, those those details. And we see people like us who make the money we do, who go to the places we go getting these procedures, thus making right. it feel more accessible than it once was. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like if cavemen had access to plastic surgery, they'd probably do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just think, I think beauty is a biological drive um so i think the desire to be beautiful is natural like i just think it's a primitive biological drive i think the commodification of beauty and the way that we frame beauty as a talent instead of a gift i think that's where the problem is but i think the desire to be beautiful just makes sense because if not for beautiful people the entire human race would be extinct so you know what like it is what it is. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Go get your ass implants safely. Go do what you got to do. Go get your fillers. Just don't bleach your skin. And that's that on that. Enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you guys for listening. Let us know your thoughts on this episode. Um, engage with us on our Facebook page. The link is in the description box below. We're on every single social media platform. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube as Bobo and Flex. So follow us, engage us, tweet at us, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Farewell.